Time for Politics Wednesday. Andrew Little's with us along with Mark Mitchell. Morning to both of you. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Andrew. Um, Mark, morning, Mark. Michael Wood, what would, you, what would you have done if you were the leader of the party in concern? Yeah, I think that um, I would have been over it much sooner than what um, Hipkins was, without a doubt. You're talking about one of his lead um, cabinet ministers. When he found out about it on the Thursday, then I would have been working over the weekend to have it resolved, to have it be very clear about what had happened and come out in front footer on Monday um, with an announcement. I think that what one of the, the problem with these things is more, more information always starts to come out. Mm. Um, and now I've been, I had a meeting in my own um, electorate at the North Shore Aero Club uh, that Michael Woods as the transport minister hosted around a decision, um, a commercial decision for the Aero Club in terms of future growth. Now, he made a decision against them while he was the transport minister and whilst he was um, holding shares in another airport. So, you know, that's got to be addressed. Um, we've seen that he actually, it appears that he's misled the cabinet office. I mean, you cannot have a cabinet minister misleading the cabinet office. Number one, breaching is bad enough, but then misleading them, I mean, that is a sackable offence. So what do you put this down to? Because I, I, up until the Cabinet Office bit where he's allegedly misled them, I had him down, it, 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 call it whatever you want, stupidity, arrogance. It, he wasn't being Machiavellian. In other words, he's not a crook. But once you say you've sold shares when you haven't, that's lying, and you can't lie without consequences, can you? Well, I just I, I, look, I'm, I don't think he's uh, Machiavellian either, and um, I, I'm scratching my head and wondering because, uh, you know, he is one of the more effective ministers that they have on the Labor front bench. But um, I can tell you right now that Andrew Little would never do anything like this. Um, so, yeah, and, and the facts... Just confirm that for us, Andrew, will you? Uh, I, I don't own shares directly in anything, so I don't have that problem. How has how, he come into this problem? I mean, how can you explain it? You're inside the party. How does this stuff work? I, I think it is carelessness on Michael's part. I think you know he's kicking himself furiously just as much as anybody at the moment. Um, he, he said to the cabinet office he would sell the shares. He met some sort of administrative stumble and he didn't get back to it. Um, that happens. Uh, it's not good. Uh, it's careless. He's paid a consequence for it. Um, Prime Minister still sort of uh, working on what happens next. Um, but, yeah, it's, it is what it is. How, how do you explain? I mean, you're in an invidious position because you're not him, but nevertheless you represent the party. How, how, how does a person get told five or six times to sell something and they don't do it? How do you explain that? I think that was the uh, problem that the Prime Minister had yesterday, is that having found out that the Cabinet Office had chased up the undertaking that Michael had given to sell the shares, and he still hadn't got around to it. So I think Michael acknowledges that too. He said that. He said um, it was a failure on his part, uh, and it was. But once again, also, not, not your domain, but nevertheless is tied directly to him, his wife who made the same sort of declaration on a trust or in a trust she's a beneficiary of. What... Do, 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 does no one know what they're doing? Is that part of the problem? Um, look, I, I don't know. As you say, I, I can't explain that. Um, you know, when people have arrangements like trust and they're not quite sure what assets are held where, um, presumably it's easy to overlook these things and make those sorts of mistakes. Um, I, when I entered public life, I made a, a promise to myself to keep things as simple as possible so you don't get caught in things like this. Um, so I don't have family trusts. I don't own any, the only property I own is the house I live in with my wife. 
um, keep it simple because when you do when you do in roles like this, you're busy all the time. You've just got to focus on the job. You can't be complicated by a whole bunch of other things. You say what, mate? It looks it just looks dodgy. And the other thing too is that you know, we talk about crime a lot in this country and the lack of consequences. When you've got a government where there's no consequences for the administrator, and that's the culture, then that flows down. And um, I'm sorry, but you know it's a huge privilege to be a minister of the crown. There comes some big responsibilities with that. And if you fail, then there should be consequences. So you're arguing, Mark, he should have been sacked, as in like he's gone as opposed to just stood down momentarily while he divests himself of some shares and works out his declarations over the years. So he should never have been sitting in front of my community making a big decision around our local airport when he held shares in the competition, which, of course, is, yeah, uh, you know, it's, you, you just cannot do that. It doesn't pass the sniff test. It's, um, there's a clear conflict there. You've got the cabinet office that has told him, that has asked him six times about selling those shares. It's not a factor. It's not a matter now of there being an administrative stumbling block. It's a willful ignoring of that and failing to act, and there needs to be action on it. And tomorrow, my, uh, tomorrow, Andrew Giantinetti's in front of the Privileges Committee. Is there a malaise in the Labour Party, Labour government, where things have just gone off piste a bit? Uh, no, not at all. I think uh, we're all focused on doing the things to address the, the, the problems that we've got today, and you know they are real. Jan's uh, very much focused on you know, getting the, the teachers and their... Um, pay claims sorted out, got the primary one sorted out this morning, that's yep. good. Um, they've all got a lot to do, and, and yeah, people make mistakes, and they get uh, held to account for them by the opposition, but also by things like the Privileges Committee, um, and the Prime Minister deals with them as well, as he has done with Michael Wood. Um, Mark, just quickly, and I featured it before 8 o'clock very briefly, but this business yesterday in the House I thought was interesting with Grant Robertson looking for some sort of Speaker's ruling. You've clearly got under the government's skin with the business of asking Ginny Anderson over and over again whether we feel safe or not, and I'm assuming that's what he was trying to do to get it stopped, wasn't he? he so he's trying to shut that question down because um, they've trapped themselves in a the corner whereby, and just to give you a little bit of background on this, is that I, sort of, I sent a written question to the Minister's office from mine seeking clarification from her saying, does she feel that New Zealanders feel safer under a Labour government? And she sent a written question, written response back to me saying, yes, they do, and that is because of the additional 1,800 uh, police officers, uh, which, of course, doesn't relate to reality or how people are feeling at all. So we sent that to the clerk's office to have it authenticated and put in as a question, which they did. But the minister's office came back to them and said, we've got no record of the minister saying that. And the clerk's office came to us and said, do you mind letting the minister's office know that actually that's a written response that she sent from her office? They have got no idea. They didn't even know that they'd sent a, a, a written response back to my office clearly stating that she was saying that New Zealanders feel safer. And now we're going to keep standing here in the house asking her that question until she actually acknowledges that we do have a problem because and maybe it's an old-fashioned view, but for me, you can't fix a problem until you actually acknowledge that you've got one. All right. Now, Andrew, as regards the electoral changes recommended by this committee, um, tick them off for me. Are you in favour of lowering the age? Well, I think the whole purpose of the report was that it's now open to the public to have a look at it and give their feedback. I don't want to get ahead of that. Um, a lot of these recommendations that have been made in previous reports before, you know, lowering, lowering the voting age, lowering the um, threshold for um, list vote and all that sort of stuff. So, look, people should have a look at it. The document they produced is pretty simple, pretty accessible. Have a look at it and, and let's hear from people but about it. But why don't you want to give um, an opinion? I mean, everyone's I entitled to an opinion. 
Yep, 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 they are. And I think that's why it's now open for the public to express their view about it. The bunch of young people went to court. The court has made a ruling on whether or not the current voting age is discriminatory. The court found that it was. In the end, this is a decision that gets made by the people. Um, it would have to be made through, if not through a, a 75% voted parliament, through a referendum. Yeah. Let people have their say. So that's sort of going, but that's the problem is it's going nowhere. 75% you're never going to get that in a parliament and I don't know that you'll get a referendum because we have non-binding referenda in this country and it may or may not be picked up by government of the day. Oh, yeah, well, you can have binding referendum. We had it. We had it with MMP when we, uh, you know, introduced MMP. So you can't. You so you're suggesting you will run if you get elected again, because this is not going to happen before the election, obviously. So if you got elected again, you would run a binding ref- referendum. Um, look, I'm not. I'm not making any promises on on what we're doing. We've made some electoral law changes. I think we just need to, you know, see whether the public has an appetite for the change, for any change. I mean, one of the other proposals is extend the Term. the life of Parliament from three years to four years. You know, um, I have there's mixed views about that. I, I think actually right now people want to be focused on things that really matter. Cost of living is a major challenge. Um, getting the best out of the 1,800 extra police we have and, and getting crime down. So um, those are the things that people want to see government focused on as opposed to making more electoral rules. Do you reckon any of this is going anywhere, Mark, ultimately? I mean, would you guys back any of that? No, and it is for the government next year. Me, me personally, I would leave the voting age at 18. Um, I think that when someone offends against their community and hurts them, they lose some rights. So uh, prisoners lose the right to vote. Um, and uh, the only thing that I would be interested in looking at um, is the uh, whether we make it a four-year term. Um, there's, there's good arguments for and against, so I'd look at that. Um, but I do agree with Andrew is that these issues aren't that important on the front of mind. For Kiwis at the moment, it's cost of living, it's interest rates going up, and of course, it's rising crime in the country. Good on you. Good to catch up. And, and uh, Andrew, I appreciate you uh, filling in as always. Mike Mitchell, Andrew Little. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6 a.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.